I wonder if uh, you recognize this. Uh, any, any idea, uh, when, when would you wear something like this? Welding, Welding. yeah. Uh, it would probably work with these gloves, I think, right? Which would be different, of course. Um, you, you would probably, when, 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 where would you be if you were wearing this? Where would you be? Hockey on the ice. Uh, would it work to wear these? Probably in like the 1940s, you might have worn those on the ice. Um, so th- this helmet works good for welding, maybe not so good for hockey. Uh, and then there's this, I don't know if you recognize this, what would this be for? Where, where would you be? Where would, where would you be when you were, if you were wearing this? Home plate, right? You'd be on a baseball diamond. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, how about this? Where, where would you be if you were wearing that? A swimming pool. So all of this uh, gear here, of course, it, it's, it's appropriate and it's good and it's useful depending on your context, depending on your circumstance, your situation. Where do you think you are now? What is your context now? What's actually going on? There's many ways we could answer that. Did you know that your context, our context, our situation, what's going on today is exactly the same as the situation in the context of the first church in Ephesus, which is now in the country of Turkey in 100 AD. The situation is the same. Well, it's different, but it's exactly the same. Because what you see is not all there is. We are concluding our sermon series entitled Body Language, Uh, this morning going through the book of Ephesians, and unfortunately we've had to shorten uh, it slightly. And we're finishing this series from Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10. If you have uh, Bibles with you, I'm reading from the NRSV, New Revised Standard Version, Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Paul is saying to put on certain virtues and certain practices 
and he uses a metaphor of the military garb, uh, from the Roman military garb. So he's pointing to things that they would be familiar with, and he's saying, you know, that equipment, he's saying, put something on um, that, that points to those virtues and practices. But before he gets into explaining and getting into the details of what that armor of God is, he explains why. He explains the reason for it. And the reason for it is that there is an enemy roaming the earth. There is an enemy roaming the earth then and continues. So Paul is identifying an enemy, an evil, spiritual, wicked forces. And therefore, also, he is describing the context that we are in. This enemy is bent on death and destruction. The word he uses is diabolos. And he says that this uh, enemy, this, this devil, the wiles, be aware of the wiles of the devil. The methodeo to diabolo. Who is seeking death and destruction. He says to the first church in Ephesus, you need to be aware of this enemy of God. This enemy of all creation, this enemy of humankind that is roaming the earth. You need to be aware of this. Now, when Jesus was brought before the, the, the these false kangaroo courts and he was accused after he was uh, captured, he said, listen, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus was identifying that there is another kingdom. In fact, he delineates, he says, look, if my kingdom was of this world, then my disciples would be fighting and using warlike mannerisms and mechanisms of this world. But it's different. My kingdom is not of this world. And what he's identifying is that it is still close. It is overlapping this kingdom. It is interacting with our living experience today. And as we read in the creation account, this Diabolos, this enemy of our souls, um, encounters human uh, beings encounter this in the Garden of Eden already at the inception of human creation. And he begins at the time of human creation, he begins to mess with human beings alienating human beings from the loving creator God. And then later, all the way through, there's all that constant. And then later we see again, we encounter this enemy uh, interacting and confronting Jesus again in the desert. Only this time with a very different outcome. And so we need to understand, as Paul is describing this in, throughout Scripture, is that this enemy has been alongside and interacting this overlapping kingdom with the spiritual forces of wickedness have been interacting with human beings from the outset and continue to do so. These spiritual forces have never left. They continue to be here. Scripture gets to the point of saying that the whole earth is under the influence, under the wiles, under the powers of the evil one. All of the earth is under the power and the wiles of the evil one. This is Paul preaching to the church. And I'm sure that human reason, logic, education 
would have interfered with this message. Because it, it confounds people's sensitivities. There were all these people in Ephesus with different work experience and different education and different religious backgrounds. And here Paul is talking about these spiritual forces. And maybe their logic and reason would have caused uh, difficulty for them. Because it's so easy for, for people to be confused about who the enemy is. To be caught up in conflict with human beings. It's so easy for, uh, to, to be lulled into a false positive when uh, material and commercial prosperity uh, blind us to this sense that it's, uh, uh, this, we're living in a bliss instead of reckoning with the battle that is going on. And it's easy to take matters into our own hands when there is a conflict. And as it was for those in Ephesus at the time, it's easy to take matters into their own hands when there's difficulty. It works in their sailing. It works in their construction. It works. And so why not? And friends, the conflicts and the battles remain very real today. exacerbated by this year-long pandemic that we're in. This year-long pandemic has just revealed and, and just exaggerated what it, the, the kind of circumstance that human beings find ourselves in. Well, should we wear a mask or not wear a mask? Well, there are government edicts. Should we follow them or not follow them? That, this one subject alone is a huge cause for, for consternation and conflict and argumentation. And I mean between Christians. I mean between followers of Jesus. I, it, it turns into conflict and fighting even uh, within a congregation, even within biological families. People get hurt by friends or family members. And it goes beyond this subject. It goes well beyond this subject. Maybe there's a friend or a family member or a, 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 a co-worker who says something and it, it, it upsets you and you're hurt by it. It's frustrating and angry and sure, the circumstance, but the thing is it also turns into people getting angry or upset and directing that towards other people. And so you can't sleep at night because what they've said or what they've done and you're playing it over again and you get to a point where, where you don't want to see them anymore. You, don't, you want to turn the picture and flip it over. You don't want to see them anymore. You don't want to talk to them anymore. And it gets to a point where it just begins to percolate and suddenly you find yourself talking about them and maybe not so good things are being said and you are at war with people. And people are at war with you. And you feel it, but you don't even know it. Because it's easy to get confused 
who the real enemy is. It's easy to get lulled into a false sense of bliss without reckoning with the battle that we're in. And it's easy to take matters into our own hands and to strike back, to fight, or to flee and direct our upset at another person or even at God. Our system one thinker jumps to conclusions with a few bits of information and works primarily with what you see. What's immediately visible. Our system one thinker works with this acronym. What you see is all there is. Why is he Addy? And you just think that what you see is all there is. But there is a lot more going on. If you are watching this morning, if you joined us by live stream, or the fact that you can hear me right now in the sanctuary this morning, listen, I am convinced that if you're watching us this morning by live stream, I'm fairly certain that there are no wires connected to your device. And if you're listening to me this morning, you're hearing me as I stand here, you're hearing me and my voice is coming through those speakers and there's no wires connected around me because there is more going on than what you see. What you see is not all there is. There's a lot more going on. And the issues that are present, the issues that present themselves are not the actual cause. The hordes of people that were surrounding Israel in the days of old are not actually the enemy, per se. The Roman government was not the enemy, per se, or any current government. It is that there is something behind them. Listen, when you have something called plantar fasciitis, it's a, uh, a discomfort with your foot, and it's soreness with your foot, and it's especially noticeable in the morning when you wake up. And you can spend all kinds of time, you can get ointment, and you can do massaging, and you can get adjustments to your foot. But at the end of the day, none of that is going to work and help until you get your hips adjusted, because the problem is in your hips when you have a foot problem. Are you with me? Huh? There is an enemy behind this. The wiles of the devil. The cosmic battle is real. We are in the fight of our lives. We are in the fight for our lives. And what you see is not all there is. And friends, we are in Lent. We are in the 40 days of focus. And this Lent is actually the context. It illuminates the battle that is so real and, and among us. This cosmic battle is brought into, this very real cosmic battle is brought into view at the cross of the crucified Christ. Where it is crescendoed and made so acute. That's what's going on there. And I know when we hear these words, I actually remember many years ago, 
I heard Gary talk about spiritual warfare and wanting to pray. And, you know, friends, the thing is that this word war, this word battle, this, these words and fight, they are aggressive words and they, they, they cause noise and they're dissonant for those of us that follow a life of peace, those that are pacifists. But that too is the poison and a ploy of the enemy. Methodeo to Diablo. It's getting him, he, he's confusing us. And so what we do is we dismiss and we diminish the words like battle and war and fight. And we, we dismiss those things because they cause dissonance in our ears. And instead, erroneously, we demonize people. Do you see how it gets twisted? No. Your mom or dad will talk to you about it later. But thanks for, for, for vocalizing. It gets twisted around. So what does he say? In verse 14, that is our context. Paul says, stand therefore and fasten Fasten the belt of truth around your waist. And put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. And with all of these, Take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so do you hear what he is saying there? He doesn't say take matters into your own hands. He doesn't say, try harder, be better. Do more. The reason being that the power and the capabilities that we need to resist the enemy and to be protected, that power and that ability is not inherent within human beings. The power and ability and capabilities come from God. They are of God. And they are by God. They do not come from human abilities. So what Paul is saying is this is your context. And so he is urging the people in Ephesus to get dressed appropriately for the circumstance they are in. They're not in a swimming pool. They're not on the baseball diamond or the hockey rink. They're in a spiritual battle. And for that, you need to dress appropriately. So put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read something to you from uh, a book called Crucifixion of the Warrior God. 
Gregory Boyd writes this, On the cross, the perfectly faithful Son of God overcame the strong man who was fully armed and who guarded his house and possessions. The cross was, in fact, the ultimate expression of holy war. And it demonstrates how completely the war waged by the Lamb and his followers turned the holy war tradition of the Old Testament on its head. By choosing to give his life for his enemies rather than to fight flesh and blood, rather than fight human beings, Jesus waged the ultimate battle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This ultimate expression of nonviolent, self-sacrificial love for a race of lost rebels disarmed the powers and authorities, broke the power of him who holds the power of death, destroyed the devil's work, cast out the ruler of this world, and thus, in principle, brought an end to his reign. Amen? That's what was happening at the cross. That's what our Lord Jesus Christ has done. And that's what Paul is saying we need to put on. But there's one problem that remains. And that is that we are outnumbered. We put on the whole armor of God. And as one of my friends said, his mentor said, put on the whole armor of God and never take it off. The problem is that we are outnumbered. But for that, Paul also has advice to the Ephesians and to us. He says in verse 18, pray in the spirit at all times with prayer and supplication for all the saints. He goes on, he says, to that end, be alert and pray. Persevere in supplication for all the saints. Verse 18, pray. Put on the whole armor of God and pray. Get the help that you need. Recruit the help that you need. Buckle up. Get appropriately dressed. Because what you see is not all there is. And so what we learn from this is that the Lord, our God, loves us. He wants to protect us. He wants to repel the evil one. And the best way that we can thwart the wiles of the devil is not engaged with the tools of the devil or to in any way act or word or deed or otherwise resort to any kind of violence against another human being. Our human instinct to fight is actually good, but it is meant to be used as a warning and an acknowledgement that something is not right and then to put on the armor of God and pray to the Lord in order for us to fight and resist the battle of the spiritual forces of wickedness. Friends, because when we lose focus who the enemy is and we lose focus what is actually going on, that the spiritual forces of wickedness are trying to wreak havoc, when we lose focus on that, we get played by them. 
And so the scripture is advocating for a particular kind of spiritual battle, a particular kind of warfare. And and the particular method that scripture is advocating for is uh, the practice of the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. I want to take a few moments of uh, question and response now before we conclude. If you have a question here in the sanctuary, you can stand and we'll sort of get you to ask your question. If um, you have a a question that you want to uh, type in the comment section of YouTube, you can do that. Or you can email or text to ask at semconline.com. And... um, uh, Pastor Jason will facilitate your questions, and we'll take just a minute or two for those. You know, as we're getting ready for that, Kimberly has to remind me of this. Because there are times when I, I, get, I, get, I get hurt, or I get frustrated, or I get upset. And my instinct, my tendency sometimes is then to be upset with the person. And get frustrated with the person. And Kimberly then will remind me, Gary, we're in a spiritual battle. There's more going on. We need to direct our attention appropriately. Our focus, or we will get played. If you have a question, you can stand and I want to leave you with an acronym because we didn't get into the, the, uh, the description of the armor. I mean, there just is not enough time. You could do a whole series on these, like, chapter 5 and chapter 6. The, the acronym is TRPFS word or trip first word. If you're going at the very beginning of the day to remember how, putting on the armor of God, you just think I'm going on a trip first word. Truth, righteousness, peace, faithfulness, salvation, and word. Truth, it all begins with the truth. That's why Paul starts there. It begins with the truth. Everything begins with putting on the truth. Remind yourself what is actually true. And I was realizing this week, you know, when I'm in need of hope, when I'm in desperate need of hope, what I look for, I seek out truth. I don't make it up. I'm looking for what is true. Remind yourself what is true. What is actually true? What's actually going on? It all stems from there in righteousness. And the reason we we, we start with truth is because the enemy lies. He's called a liar. And then righteousness. You know, the enemy will put you down, condemn you, say, oh, you're no good, or you're this, or you're that. Jesus is my righteousness. I'm righteous. I'm made right with Jesus. I'm right because Jesus is right. And peace. The enemy is going to try and disrupt you, try and uh, distract you, try and get you all frazzled. And Jesus is my peace. God has reconciled and made peace with you through Jesus Christ. We have peace. And that's why we live a life of peace. Because the gospel is a message about peace. 
faithfulness. The enemy will try and get you to be disloyal, get you to be, uh, uh, you know, all these different things that he will try and, and, and say to you. But Jesus is faithful. He is perfectly loyal. Jesus is my faith. And when the enemy comes at you or comes at your friend or your family member, you take the shield of faith to Jesus Christ and his ultimate loyalty, and that will extinguish those arrows. And then salvation. The enemy will try and sow doubts. You know, there's an old low German saying, Mit me es it nusht, right? Oh, with me it's not much, or uh, we can't know that. And all of those are lies because in John 5, it already says that you, you know, those that believe him who sent me have eternal life and do not come into judgment, but have passed out of death into life. You have salvation now. At the end, John, 1 John 5, he says again, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life. Jesus is our salvation. Put on the helmet of salvation. And then the sword of the Spirit. This is Jesus' primary tool when he was being confronted by the enemy, was Scripture, memorized Scripture, because Jesus' words are now my words. I want to have Jesus' words in my mind. I want to be ready when the confusion sets in. I want to have Jesus' words. TRPFS word. TRPFS word. 